Duke fans, hello and welcome to episode number 544 of the Duke Basketball Roundup. It is Thursday, October 19th, 2023. We have a lot coming this weekend. We have Countdown to Craziness. We have Duke versus FSU football. We have some episodes we need to talk about, both quote the, the quote's raw quote uncut quote, and also the brotherhood where the legend, the goat stops by. Before we get to all that and discuss everything we're going to discuss on this show, I'm Donald Wine. I'm your host for this episode. Sam was not able to make it today, but I do have Jason Evans here. Jason, good morning, and how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, you're right. We're about to enter the time of year when you have huge basketball games or basketball events. That's what Countdown to Craziness is. And football on the same weekend. It's it's fun. It's just, you know, as a sports fan, you're like, okay, get my remote. I'm I'm sitting down and I am glued to the couch for the entire weekend. Our spouses hate us. My my wife hates this time of year. <laughs> but it I but bet. it's really great for sports fans. <laughs> well, look, also for people listening to the show, this is the time of year where you're gonna start hearing our voices a lot more. So Oh, the the episode's coming fast and furious, my friend. <laughs> you either you either love us and you you can't wait or you're going to delete this feed immediately. I hope is the former. I hope you really enjoy what we're putting out here and what we're going to be putting out over the next few weeks and months to come as we enter uh, a very loaded schedule for for football and the basketball season is upon us. So Jason, let's start first with the basketball. Tomorrow night, Friday night in Cameron, the unofficial start of the season in countdown to craziness has arrived. It's one of the fun times of the year where for the first time Duke fans get to be introduced in a way to not just the play of the players on this net on this 2023, 24 basketball team, but also their personalities. We get the videos, we get the intros, we get the dancing Jason out of all that. There's a lot going on. There's also going to be a scrimmage. What are we looking forward to when the team takes the floor for the first time tomorrow night? This is going to sound insane, Donald. I've never said that this is the thing I'm looking forward to or I'm most eager to see about a countdown to craziness and a blue-white game. Ordinarily, like you're right. We, look, how can how can I not say Jared McCain's dancing? I mean, <laughs> dude has millions of TikTok followers for his dancing. How can that not be the thing I'm looking forward to? Ready? Strap yourself in. I'm looking forward to watching the refs. What? Yes. What? What? What, what is Jason <laughs> talking about? So for folks who have not heard, there's been a change in the rules this year, and this is going to be our first chance to see the referees interpret this new rule, because for the blue-white game, Duke will have uh, ACC refs taking part in this game. The new rule involves the charge. It it says that the defender, the defensive player, must be set, not moving, when the offensive player puts his plant foot on the floor. Uh, that's, you know, some somewhat technical jargon. The bottom line is for a charge to be a charge and not a block, the defender has to really be there early, like in advance of the offensive player making any kind of move. The big just just in the past day or so, I, I, I heard this. The the Big 12 director of officials went back and reviewed 100 charge calls from last season. He had his people put together a tape. Here are 100 different charge plays. From last year, how would they be interpreted this year? He said 96, 96 out of 100 charge calls from last year would have been deemed blocks this year. Donald, the charge is dead. I'm sure Shane Battier is weeping as we say this. 
it is not an effective way of defending your basket of of being a defensive player anymore it is too difficult to get a charge you're basically only going to get one when an offensive player just runs over you with you know reckless abandon you see that sometimes on fast break dunks and stuff like that that's going to be the only charge calls we hear for the most part there's just not going to be a charge anymore and it again it seems crazy and it's going to take time it's going to take many games for us to see the adjustment here but Duke and all the other major college basketball programs have been getting lectures from refs about they bring in referees to do tape work with the team. Um, Duke's been having ACC referees um, referee a bunch of the, the scrimmages that they've been doing lately. So I think the players are probably starting to adjust to this. But as a fan, I am eager to see in the blue-white game, does Duke even attempt to take any charges? Is it like part of the Duke defensive plan anymore? And is it even possible to draw a charge? So. I was going to talk about what I'm looking forward to most. And I know we were going to talk about some things basketball. I got to respond to this because this is, this is interesting that you bring it up. I, I think the first thing that I'm going to say to quote, like kind of disagree with you is that we are not going to experience a lot of this tomorrow night. We are not taking charges during countdown to craziness. You're probably is, right. Yeah. There's not something that we're going to be doing. Like that'd be, that'd be terrible for someone to, to, you know, get an injury because they took a charge, which again, you know, that's part of our, you know, mystique is part of our defensive strategy. A lot of times, I think the other thing about charges is this is how kind of already been legislated out of the game. This is really to stop the, like, there was a lot of charges last year where guys would, you know, guys would be in the air and a guy would kind of come around and kind of let the, you know, let the, you know, player fall into them for the charge. This is to kind of stop those kind of undercut charges, so to speak. And there, there, there were quite a few of those last year, but I think for the most part, we're still going to see charges. We're still going to see, I mean, we still have the restricted circle. We still have the guys that, like you said, they lower their shoulder. Those charges are still going to be called or, or offensive fouls, if you will, are going to be called. So it's good. I don't know if it's going to be a huge, huge change in things, but I do think that we're not going to see it tomorrow night. I think it's going to be more of a fun affair that UNC Pembroke, you know, exhibition game. That's on November 1st. That's where we're going to start really seeing how tight these guys are going to be called. And like you said, Jason, we've seen, you know, some of these videos that Duke has been cutting for scrimmages over the past couple of weeks. Almost every one of them involve referees that are there legislating the game so that they get a feel for how games are going to be called, not just for charges, but also for everything else on the floor. Yeah. And I want to be clear. uh, We're talking, you're, you're correct. We're talking about a very specific type of defensive and offensive play the the plays where guys lower their shoulders where they you know where they're being closely guarded by a defender who's not who's just you know moving his feet with them and the offensive player initiates contact and pushes the defender down that's still going to be called an offensive foul i'm i'm really talking about the guys who are essentially moving to the basket trying to get a dunk or a layup and as you said the player slips underneath them this was something that was a huge part of duke's defense though uh Shane Battier would have a couple of these every single game, as you know full well from watching him play. That's the thing that is going away. So forget all that. Side note, Shane Battier was on Celebrity Jeopardy last night, and there was a question uh, where he answered. It was about, you know, you know, rest recuperation and ice. Um, And they're like, hey, you probably had a lot of that. And he was like, yes, I'm very familiar with with my friend ice. also won 30,000 for the Take Charge Foundation. Shane, my man, congratulations. Awesome, awesome job on Celebrity Jeopardy. That was an aside. 
But yes, I think to close this out, I think the charge call is going to be, you know, altered just a little bit. We're going to see more blocks, but also I think it may not change the philosophy because there's going to be a lot of times where, you know, a lot of these bang, bang plays or 50, 50 calls, you kind of hope will go your way. And it's almost like, um, it's almost like sometimes you feel out the referee to see what they're going to call, how tight they're going to be on some of these plays. It's the same thing as, you know, when we had the hand checking, like some guys still hand checking is technically illegal, but people still do it and they do it to a stretch to see how much they're willing to do or they're able to do before the referee says, nah, that's enough. I think we may see that in the, especially in the first couple of weeks of the season as guys adjust to how these referees call some of these calls. But I think to get back to the point of Captain Crazy is we won't see that tomorrow night. What I am ready to see, Jason, not necessarily what Jerry McCain is going to do. I know he's going to come with some fire. I'm ready to see what Ryan Young is going to do. On the on a recent episode of the Brotherhood podcast, he had John Shire on. John Shire said that fans were supposed to send in dances for him to try to do when he's introduced at the oh thing. Oh, my God. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how good it's going to be or how bad it's going to be. But I'm really, for some reason, really looking forward to seeing it. Also, because, again, it's the one time where we get to, or at least the first time where we get to kind of see these guys' personalities on the court. And it's not, I mean, we see them great, you know, gratefully, they give us some videos where, you know, we get a little glimpse into the lives of these players and what they do and what they like, but we don't get to see that personality all the time on Cameron, on the floor, on Coach K court. We'll get to see that tomorrow night. And that's what always I'm looking forward to. Yeah, the play is going to be, it's going to be good, maybe sloppy at times. But the actual like introduction of this team to the world is what I'm looking forward to. This is their moment to shine. I hope they have some cool things ready to kind of show what they like to do. And Ryan Young, I'm ready to see you dance. Hey, you know, so putting the the dancing, which I which I do appreciate and I enjoy, and the music, by the way, I'm sure I would imagine we're going to get Jeremy Roach with some original music again. He is a he's uh, I don't know if you call it a composer or what, but he's. He's someone who makes his own music, which is pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, putting that stuff aside, putting the officiating aside, the guy I'm looking forward to watching on the court the, mo- the most, I think, is probably Caleb Foster. And the reason is this. You know, we talked about the, the, the footage we got, the 50 minutes of footage that we were able to access from a recent Duke practice. And the fact that Caleb Foster was not one of the starters, but he was like the first guy of the blue team to move over to the white team. There have been more people who've been able to access practices in recent days. And the buzz on Caleb Foster is starting to get really, really loud. My friend, uh, some, some, you know, top college basketball analysts have been at Duke practices and they've all been coming out of it saying this Caleb Foster dude is for real. Jamie Shaw of on three, who's a pretty well-known recruiting and college basketball analyst was one at of a the Duke best practice. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Shaw came out of it and, and he said his first takeaway was buy all the Caleb Foster stock you can because his stock is about to start going way, way up. We we saw it. We got another video. It wasn't uncut. It was edited tremendously as, as they often are. To be fair, I think one of them listens to the show because they put uncut highlights in air quotes. So whoever is listening to, to the DBR <clears throat> podcast from from the from the magical staff that is Duke men's basketball and Duke Blue Planet. Hi. Welcome to the Reach show. Reach out to Go us. on anytime. Reach out to DBR us. Podcast DBR, podcast. <laughs> DBR podcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you want to come be, uh, be on the show if you work with the team. <laughs> We'd love to have that. But in any event, the video they put out there 
was basically it was titled Caleb Cooks because Caleb Foster was going Caleb off was in that video. Yeah, there, there was I, I I forget who it was. Someone uh, I, I believe it was JJ Jackson, who's a wonderful got a wonderful Duke podcast, and he's a good friend of ours. I think JJ went out and, and counted all the points on that on that video on that scrimmage, and he said that Caleb Foster had twenty seven points on that tape. That's a big that's a big number twenty seven. So I'm going to be really eager at CTC at the blue white game to see if the, the Caleb Foster hype is real. Uh, when, when we got to see him play, he looked good. He looked like a guy who could absolutely get to the basket, but he, his finishing wasn't that great. And his outside shooting, you know, again, didn't look awful, but it didn't impress me that much. Maybe that was just one, one scrimmage, one practice that, that, you know, he's capable of far, far better than that. And if that's the case, boy, it, it takes this Duke team to, to a little bit of a next level because they are, they are very, very deep in the backcourt. <laughs> That's like maybe the understatement of the year. It is entirely possible that Duke's second two guards would be the starting two guards on virtually any other team in the country. So it, it's it's very exciting. And and yeah, I mean, anytime you get a blue-white, you're looking forward to the freshman. And the freshman that I think I'm most excited about at the moment, because I just feel like I don't have a great take on exactly how good he is, is Caleb Foster. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, that Caleb Cook's episode, if you will, the highlights were were incredible. And it showed a lot of the uh, the promise that we have seen uh, over the summer from him. I think, you know, over the course of the year, what really bogs freshmen down is consistency, being able to do learning how to do what they do well every single night on the floor. And it, it's, Dude, it's that's a great impossible. point. That is it's near impossible for, for freshmen to do, which is why when freshmen do it, it makes them so elite. You know, we've seen them over the years. I think Caleb Foster, Jarrett McCain, you know, even TJ Power and Sean Stewart, when they are on the floor, they have the ability to do things, you know, better than anybody on the floor. But the question is, can they be consistent about it? We And, and, and now they're starting to see, hey, if you do this every single day, no one's going to be able to stop you. And maybe that confidence that Caleb gets from that one scrimmage where he where he cooked. And I mean, he cooked everybody. Everybody was getting gumbo that night. If he can get to that level where he can do this time in and time out, that not only makes him a better basketball player, it makes Duke a better basketball team. And I think tomorrow night, I'm looking to see what we got from all these guys. And we're, we're not going to get the consistency. We're, we're going to get glimpses, flashes of brilliance from everybody. And I think that's fine because it's about putting on a show for the fans. But what I want to see is the competition. I want to see a little bit of the, Oh, hey, it's, you know, all-star games, they're they're fun and fun and games until like the fourth quarter, right? Like they everyone starts buckling down on defense. I want to see the, the glitz and glamour, the dunks and the and the alley oops and stuff. And then maybe for like five minutes where they're like, hey, we're we're in passing lanes, we're stealing balls, we're we're going the other way, we're you know, not as maybe not taking charges, but playing some excellent defense. I want to see it all tomorrow night, but overall, I want these guys to have fun. This is their time to have fun before the rigors of the season really start catching up jason anything else before we wrap up on countdown to craziness yeah so i'm also it seems crazy to say that because we certainly saw so much of this guy last year but i'm i'm eager to see kyle filipowski with both hips i'm eager to see kyle and what he could because you know again in the practice footage that you and i had kyle was not participating he didn't play in that scrimmage there's been a little there's been stuff that's beginning to leak of kyle playing in scrimmages and, and I'm really eager to see what Kyle Filipowski looks like after the offseason recovery he had. And uh, I, I, look, you never know who's progressed doing what in the offseason, who's 
added something new to their bag or whatever. I, I get the feeling that Kyle may be the guy, as crazy as it sounds, who who adds the most. <laughs> uh, because I think Duke's going to, as even as much as they asked him to do last year, I think they may ask him to do even a little bit more this year. And I'm really interested in seeing it. And we may not get a full look at this in the blue-white because I think it's very possible that they'll be on different teams. I'm eager to see how Kyle and Ryan Young potentially play together if they're on the same team because, you know, there's there's a lot of question at the moment. I think the big question for Duke at the moment uh, in terms of starters is, are you going big or are you going small? Is Ryan Young starting at the five or is Kyle Filipowski starting at the five? And I, I don't, I, I'm not sure how they're going to put together the blue-white teams uh, for, for the blue-white scrimmage. It is possible they will have starters against subs. Also, they usually mix it up, so we may not get a full look at that. But, but again, what what Kyle looks like is a is a big thing that all Duke fans should be paying a lot of attention to. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to seeing Kyle on the court. We, like you said, we haven't really seen him in these scrimmages on the videos so far this season, and we're looking forward to seeing him tomorrow night along with everybody else. Let's end it here for Countdown to Craziness again tomorrow night. I believe it's seven o'clock on the East Coast on ESPN Plus or ACC Network Extra. Go find it. Check your local listings, as they always say. But we'll pause here on the other side. Coach K on the Brotherhood episode. What did he have to say? Stay tuned and find out. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather, and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many... Leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist and help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional, licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Duke Roundup. All right, we are back. And Jason, you know, during the break, I just realized we talked about Countdown to Craziness for like 25 minutes. And we still have, <laughs> the you know, the stuff we want to talk about with, with Coach K and the Brotherhood episode. And, yeah, we have a big football game coming up on Saturday against FSU. We had a whole interview that we did with Tim Allenbaugh from Tomahawk Nation. You know what we're going to do, guys? We're going to save that. So this is going to be the basketball episode. And then in a few hours tonight, early, early evening hours, we're going to post the interview for FSU. So look for that episode just a little bit later. You get to listen. Hey, to not, not, Don, not just the interview. We'll have our thoughts on the game as well. But yeah, 
This is the basket. We have two podcasts coming out today. We got a basketball podcast right now, and they're going to mm-hmm. have a football FSU preview. I mean, look, games don't get bigger than that FSU game. It's going to be a big time football game for the Duke Blue Devils. So we'll have a preview of that in just a few. You know, like you said, it, for most people, they may be both be sitting in their feed right now. So look, you're probably going to be getting this. You're, you're going to be sitting down for lunch. You're going to be like, hey, I got an episode. You know what? For dinner, you can listen to a whole new episode. I love so, it. We'll save that for a little bit later. But Jason, I want to turn to the Brotherhood podcast, one of our favorite podcasts outside of this one, of course. And the most recent episode, Ryan Young gets to interview a goat, the goat. Coach K stops by. He was at one of the practices, the the Caleb Cooks episode. He was sitting around watching that scrimmage. And I guess they got him into the studio, into the lab, where he talked about everything from life after being a you know the best coach of all time what he's doing now all the you know philanthropic things he's doing all the time he's spending with his family and even just his thoughts on the current state of college basketball and the nba where he is uh, an advisor to adam silver the commissioner there of course a fellow duke alum so jason a lot to take in it was like a 45 minute episode we got to hear a lot from coach kane it's the first time i think we've really heard that much from him since he retired so what did you take from all that? Start with your your favorite or your biggest takeaway from that interview. Well, look, to, to play into something that we uh, were talking about, you know, just a little bit earlier on this episode, about 26 or 27 minutes into the episode, Coach K and Ryan Young begin talking about Coach K watching a recent scrimmage and him talking about how versatile the team is and how they can give opposing teams a lot of different looks. And, um, and he starts talking about how people are going to have to expect uh, you know, limited minutes and, and different roles for themselves, you know, from game to game, which is very much in Coach K's philosophy. But then he goes, and there was a recent referee clinic where we found out it's going to be harder to take charges. <laughs> so Coach K, even though he's not involved in the game anymore, he is well aware of the changes coming to the sport. And and I, I just thought his insight into the entire sport and how you run a big-time program was amazing. He, he talked about the Duke program being like a fortune you know, Fortune 400 business and John Shire, you know, John Shire's a great coach. He's like, he's having to adjust to the business side of this stuff. Being the CEO, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't mean like raising money. To be clear, folks, it's not, this is not, uh, you know, about John Shire raising money for the program. This is about managing all the different other things that come along with it. You know, the, the size of the staff connected to the Duke basketball program is just massive at this point. And there's, there, there's so many ways that the Duke basketball program is, an asset to the university and you have to know how to use that asset and when to deploy it and when not to, and things like that. These are all things that John Shire is dealing with that, that coach K alluded to that are, that are really important to me. The best part of the interview though, was the very sobering comments that coach K had in the very back half of the interview about conferences and college athletics in general. He had some, just some, damning words i think for the different conferences he, he talked about the fact that the five power conferences used to lead the sport and used to work together to lead college athletics and he goes well there, there aren't five of them anymore there's only four because we killed the pac-12 and he said lately it feels like the four of them or you know used to be the five but the power conferences aren't working together they're working against each other uh, clearly he does not like realignment and where it's going he 
you know, he, he talked a lot about the transfer portal. He likes the fact that Duke goes after grad transfers. He says it's easier to integrate those those kind of players into the team. You know, specifically mentioned Theo John. Did Brian Young is one of the best transfers Duke has ever had in their history. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's necessarily talking exclusively exclusively about Ryan Young's contributions on the court. I think he's talking about Ryan Young's leadership, the maturity that Ryan Young brought to the program, the attitude that he brings, the intelligence that he brings. Uh, and and then Coach K said he really wished that the ACC would take a bigger leadership role. He's like, you know, look, everyone's talking about this NIL stuff, the, the, you know, the, the transfer portal. He goes, why can't the ACC make some rules that the rest of the sport would then probably follow? Uh, he said there's got to be more transparency. There have to be leaders. And then the most telling moment of the entire thing, Coach K said, you know, I was still in my 40s or 50s, and the NBA came along today. I'd go take an NBA job. He was like, I, I wouldn't want to deal with all this insanity. I was like, wow. You know, the greatest college coach of all time is sitting here telling you, yeah, no, I, I don't want any part of it anymore. And, and 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 like when he was talking about leadership and and college bas- college college sport, figuring these these difficult issues out. He said, you know, one of the big problems is you don't even know who would sit at the table. If you're like, oh, they should sit down at the table and really have, like he's like, who's the they? Who is leading this sport on behalf of the players, on behalf of the coaches, on behalf of the programs and the universities, on behalf of the NCAA? You could almost hear him saying, will you SOBs, please hire me to be the czar of this sport or someone just get some voice to be the one that speaks out on behalf of everyone it has the best interests of the athletics at the uh, you know in their heart because clearly he doesn't think there's anyone doing that today i want to talk about that in just a second i just want to first focus on the one thing that i took away from this whole thing go for coach it coach k coach k is loving retirement he is having a blast doing the things that he wants to do the things that he loves he talked about all the the charitable uh, philanthropic, you know, events that he's been holding to raise money for the V Foundation or the Emily K Center, things like that. For you know, being an ambassador for Duke, he clearly gets to do what he loves, and there's nothing in the way to stop him, right? And it's not that basketball stopped him from doing all that stuff, but basketball takes up a lot of time, and and being a, a the head basketball coach of Duke University took up a lot of time. That he, you know, if he wanted to do events, he had to kind of work around that, and now he could just go and do them. And it seems he seems to be really enjoying that part of his post coaching career. He, we, I think Ryan Young even asked, like, do you even have the itch? And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not coming back. Like this, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. But the fact that he seems happy focusing on the things that he really enjoys doing also getting able, being able to spend more time with his family, dog coach, you know, it, it's been, uh, it seems like it, it feels like he is in a great place. And I think that above all is fantastic. I think, the most telling thing about what you were mentioning, his thoughts on the NCAA, on NIL, on conference realignment, the most telling thing about all that is that he said he took the job as the advisor with the NBA because he didn't want to deal with the NCAA anymore. He was like, I'm done with them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And the NBA is way more easy to work with. And and when they call and he says something, they actually you know listen and take it to heart. They may not always do what he advises, but at least they're listening. And, and he feels that he gets to stay in contact with the players here at Duke after they go to the NBA. And it also helps 
do players get that profile by saying, you know, you know, the commissioner is a phone call away. I think that sort of thing is really telling. And, and also again, he's doing the things he wants to do. And he's like, Hey, I can make change here and bring some change to basketball and do it at the professional level and still be involved with that portion of it and not have to deal with the, the red tape and bureaucracy that is the NCAA. Cool. And I think that's great. I think that adds to the fact that he's do, still doing so much. The fact that he's still, you know, I think a lot of people viewed it as a negative that he kind of stayed in Schwartz Butters and has still has his office and still has a staff. No, but he's very far, far removed, at least from the coaching side of things. And he even talked about Ryan Young. He even said like, hey, when I came for that Notre Dame game, I specifically sat on the opposite end of the court away from you guys so that no one could say that I still had my reach on the on the program this is john's boat and he's he's the captain and john and, and coach k is is very much uh you know and you know enjoying being just a passenger on john shire's boat and i think that's really cool by the way the, the really funny thing about him talking about that he said he's going to come to more games this year but he was like mm-hmm. but i think i'm gonna sit somewhere else <laughs> because he was right he was right in front of the band or right next to the band look we love the band duke band you guys are the best but you're you kind take of take us home all the time. <laughs> yes, we talk about him all the time. But Coach K, clearly the band was a little bit too loud for him. So he's like, I gotta find someplace else to sit where I'm I'm not on top of John, <laughs> but I'm not right next to the band. And and also security is part of it. He said, Look, I'm not gonna go up and sit in the stands where, where Mickey sits for most games, uh, you know, where he has family tickets, because that would just create that would create a distraction, it creates a security situation. I mean, it's unfortunate that it has to be that way. But can you imagine if you sat down and Coach K was sitting next to you? Woo! It'd be a little crazy. So, yeah, but he's coming to more games, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, so there were also two things toward the end that I thought were really great. First one was, if you're not a fan of the TV show The Bear on Hulu, I don't know what you've been doing. I don't know what what rock you crawled under. It is an amazing TV show. And season two of The Bear co-stars Coach K's uh, book on leadership. And he told, he said to Ryan Young, he's like, I didn't even know that they were using my book. I didn't know that I was like a featured character in, in the bear until someone told me about it. The, the show takes place in Chicago. He obviously has a great affinity for his hometown. And he was like, you know, hey, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to do a cameo next season. You know, if they called me up, want me to come in and maybe, you know, have dinner at the restaurant and interact with them a little bit. He said, I'd love to do that. That would be an awesome episode. It'd be he a mentioned, I think it was the producer or one of the writers of the show uh, has the same representation, the same agency as oh, no, no, he, the, the actress. I, I forget her name. Uh, yeah. Who, yeah. She's like the number two character on the show. And she's the one who uses the book. She is also re- she's represented by CAA one of the biggest uh, agent representation groups mm-hmm. out there. He's represented by CAA. And so you can see how the two of them might be able to connect in that kind of way, which would be really cool. And then the other thing, I mean, how could you not love? Brian Young does an incredible job of getting people to open up. I mean, he is a great podcaster. Brian, you've got a future in this for sure. At the end, when he was asking Coach K like quick questions and stuff, and somehow they got to talking about Broadway musicals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Coach K's, you know, Coach K loves his Broadway musicals and such. And he goes, he, you know, he watches, you know, like a two plus hour long musical and everyone hits every spot and every note and it's all perfect. And he, and he says to his team, <laughs> he goes, I don't understand. These guys do a two hour play 
they hit everything perfectly. And I can't get you guys to run a damn out of bounds play right. Yeah. <laughs> I howled. I mean, in my I was driving my car when I was listening to this. I almost went off the road. That was like the, when he was like, I can't even get my team to run a damn out of bounds play. I lost it. It was hysterical. Coach K, please do more interviews. It was so great. Yeah. Again, first of all, Ryan Young has been doing these terrifically with every guest that he comes on. But yeah, I mean, for a guy who has his own show, right? Coach K has his own Sirius XM radio show that he does every week still. Again, part of his routine. We don't see this side of him on that show. We don't hear that side of him on the show, I should say. And for Ryan Young to be able to get some of those questions out, like his favorite movie, again, the fact that he's watching The Bear because uh, of the connection uh, to Chicago and the connection to the actress, um, and you know that he goes to Broadway musicals randomly and, and applies it to Duke basketball. Hey, maybe I should be starting starting to go to more uh, more Broadway shows uh, to keep keep in touch with the team. But uh, this is what the Brotherhood podcast is all about, and he even commended Ryan for staying on top of it and making it where this is an outlet for. Duke fans, because he said, quote, I am also a Duke fan. I want to hear more about the team and and have the program open up a little bit. And we've talked about how the program has kind of opened, you know, you know opened up a little bit more in the last few years. I think it's great to have this. And it was great to have that episode. So, again, after you finish this episode, before you get our next episode, check out that one. Exactly. Yeah. And to me, you were just alluding to it. But perhaps one of the most telling moments was uh, it was fairly early on when he was complimenting Ryan on doing the Brotherhood podcast. And he talked about the fact that Brotherhood is not Coach K. Brotherhood is not Duke. It's not John Shire. It's all these players. And you could tell Coach K feels honored to be a part of all that. And he considers each and every one of these guys to have ownership in the Brotherhood. We, we've talked about this before, Donald, but I'll, I'll say it again. I think there's a lot of people who think slogans, marketing, all that other kind of jazz when they hear the words, the brotherhood. I think it's real. I think when you talk to the players and the people who are actually connected to it, who actually experience it, they will tell you it's a real, honest thing that these guys feel a special affinity. As Coach K put it, they are all part of a family. And... If there's anything that Coach K misses now in, as we enter the second season where he's not the head coach anymore, it's that he's a little bit less connected to the current members of the family because he's not coaching them any longer. But that family, the brotherhood, is the most important thing that he thinks he got from Duke University. Yeah, it's it's really, really, I mean, they lead the podcast for that. And Ryan says, there is no brotherhood without you. And he goes, no, this brotherhood is really a family that we created. And he's always been talking about the word we uh, in a lot of his things. He, he says, our program, this program's ours, us, we, like those sort of plural you know, pronouns. And it's very telling that he still, again, he still loves to be a part of that. And he's enjoying his retirement, but he, I think this is his way of staying connected, right? Like Ryan Young didn't play for Coach K, but. Now they have this link, they have this bond because they share this brotherhood that was created by whoever, but it is elevated by each and every player that has come through this program and continues to be successful moving on. So again, love that we have this podcast that we can refer to from time to time and, and to have so many great guests on there, including the GOAT, which is amazing. Jason, anything else before we get up out of here? 
No, let's go, man, because uh, we got to let the people listen. Then they got to listen to Ryan Young's podcast. And then they're going to have to listen to our FSU preview, which is coming up in just a few hours. Yeah, we got to we got to go record that. So let's get out of here. Let's end episode 544 of the Duke Basketball Roundup. Remember, stay tuned. Listen to this one. Go listen to the Brotherhood. Have some lunch. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And then tonight, come back to your feed because we will be back with episode 545. But until then, he is Jason. I am Donald. And now it is time for that awesome Duke band we just talked about to play us out and take us home.